Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the your company name here. Your studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up? What's up? What's up? OG5. It's Tuesday. We're back. We weren't here last week because, well, I was under the weather and I was just playing tired. And the only thing bad about this podcast setup is if I can't do it, no one can do it because everything runs through my shit. However, uh, Gordon couldn't make it tonight because he's got things going on his side. And we were going to call it quits for a second week in a row, but we said, nay, Mike is still available. So Mike came on, joining us from across the river. Mike, no use for a last name. You know him as one of the hosts of the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast. Mike, how are you doing, fella? All right. How's it going, buddy? Good. I'm uh, dealing with some nonsense around the house that I won't get involved with. Let's just say it has to do with kids. Lovely. Yep. Been dealing with a little bit of that myself today. Yeah, but you're sitting through an Alexa through a 65-inch screen TV, but I digress. <laughs> luckily, it was yeah, a... Yeah, that, that's a little rough. <laughs> yeah, luckily, it's a free TV, and it's not in my room, so guess what? Enjoy your Xbox with your cracked fucking screen. But anyhow, how's everything else going, fella? Not bad, not bad. Can't complain. You know, work every day, come home, get to enjoy sitting here with you and doing the uh, What's in Your Head podcast. so You know, I'm embarrassed. I'm the type of guy who usually notices dumb shit. I like ironic observations, not like Seinfeld. Um, I do like Seinfeld, but I pride myself on the fact that I notice dumb shit. And Carrie beat me to the hill of noticing the most colossal dumb shit that Cape Coral Florida has ever pulled in if it's emphasis of dumb shit. Now keep in mind this is a place that decided that a large twelve foot plastic statue of a man that once held grocery bags should be considered a fucking landmark. Old Big John. <laughs> Big John. <laughs> now, off of Del Prado extension. Actually, I don't even know if it knows. It's like it, I think it's right where Del Prado I don't know if it's extension proper. Where would you... I know this is a, a worldwide show, and we're talking regional here, but bear with us. There's a point to this. We do have a quite a large audience in Southwest Florida, and yes, I'm drinking wine because, well, I'm out of bourbon. Where would you say that Del Prado extension proper starts? Uh, I'd have to say... I'm sure Google Maps would answer that for us, but what's the fun in that? In my opinion, I think it starts just north of Kismet. Okay, so this is... This would be a Pine Island Purgatory. <laughs> this is in between <laughs> Pine Island. Uh, this is Del Prado Purgatory. It's between Pine Island and Kismet. It's actually where the boat ramp is for the Lake Zurich. That's where we call it Lake Zurich because it's called the Lake Zurich Boat Ramp. It's another one of the pristine, poorly managed, full of ruts, destroyed Cape Coral, sandy boat ramp that you really wouldn't take anything larger than a John boat to. Mm-hmm. But it's right there by Lowe's, and that is also where I used to park my truck in the open field by the seawall when we would go seawall fishing, and they have decided about, oh, I don't know, eight months ago to break ground and to put in a park. You've driven by said park, I'm sure. I have not. Okay, well, if you're driving up Del Prado Purgatory right after Lowe's and you look to the left, you have Lake Zurich, and if you look to the right, there is an area of grass 
This is, in fact, a grass where they found the dead body by the tree. Some speculate it was the homeless guy who lived under there. But I digress. Happier thoughts. So in the spot on the other side of the canal, in between the two bridges, there was a plot of land. And I would park my car there, and I would seawall fish. They have since broke ground. And it was kind of cool because it's right at the end of the Cape Coral bike path. And back when I was running a lot before my knees and ankles gave out on me, I would run six or seven miles. So I'd actually run them from my house. I would stop at the Tropical Smoothie and they would so politely refill my water bottle with ice and water. And then I would turn around and run back. And so they got these running paths, these bike trails, which were super busy during the pandemic. We talked about if you were a longtime viewer of the show that during the pandemic, when I was out running, you would see all these families out there and their new bikes and like, Ooh, people are getting healthy. And as soon as we opened up the state, it was just me on the bike path all by myself again. All the new bikes ended up on Facebook marketplace and all the new weight equipment ended up on the curb. But anyhow, Cape Coral said, Hey, we're going to drop some money. We want to get some parks out in the Northeast side of Cape Coral because it's a barren wasteland out there. It's the area where small children and pedestrians get ran over by Lee County sheriffs on the first day of school. Oops, sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> this is the area where we have no sidewalks, no street lights. And so kids who are sitting out early in the morning because we have school choice and elementary school kids have to sit at the bus stop at four 30 in the morning in the dark and they have to sit on the street because there's no sidewalks and so their choice is to sit in the street in the dark or sit in the sand with the fire ants in the dark you take your choice but anyhow we got a real nice bike path they got some workout spots you know you run maybe half a mile you can do some pull-ups if you're under five two because well the pull-up bars are too low for my tall ass they got some crunch boards they got some other little bars and little things not a water fountain to be had mind you once again you can run from del prado I'm sorry, Pine Island to Kismet, and they got beautiful running paths, not a single water fountain. But anyhow, they did put in some trash cans to help beautify, and now we have a park. Maybe they'll put a, a water fountain in at the newly beautiful teal green park bathrooms. And so they built this little park. It's great. They got a parking lot. They got a nice, beautiful, new-age plastic jungle gym. It actually has a canopy over top to keep the kids out of the direct sunlight. The thing is beautiful, and I've been looking at it. Okay, so... Picture this, if you will. You have a park on the when you're looking at Del Prado. On the far left, you have the playground with the beautiful tarp. Boop, boop, boop. Next, you have the bathroom, a parking lot, and then a basketball, full court basketball. They put on full court basketball. You got your rim basketball, rim canal, which is where Carrie beat me to the stupidity of observation on how dumb Cape Coral is and how this is a perfect representation of how dumb Cape Coral is because they approve this layout. She said, imagine how many basketballs are going to end up in that canal because every fucking air ball, for some reason when they laid this park out, they put the basketball court right next to the canal and the playground right next to the empty field. Why wouldn't you put the playground next to the canal and put a four-foot fence around it. So what are they going to do? Put a 12-foot tall fence behind the basketball hoop to prevent all the air balls from going through? The freaking hoop is three feet from the water, Mike. So the, they are literally going to have to put a 12-foot tall fence backboard behind this basketball hoop. It would have made yeah. more sense to put the playground on that side and just put up a nice five-foot fence to keep the toddlers from falling in the water. Yeah. Absolutely. Every air ball, every f messed up dunk, every three f free throw that misses that thing is going to end up in that goddamn canal. And let, I can't imagine they're going to build a 12-foot fence around this thing. It would be a nice whore. 
I I honestly really doubt it. They should have flip flopped it. Somebody should have looked at this and said, "Okay, I kind of understand the concern about maybe kids falling in the water, but that's something we can handle with a nice, pretty black chain link fence, which I think they already have around the playground on the other end by the field." And so that five foot tall, four foot tall chain link fence is not going to keep those balls from going into the water. It's a regulation ten foot tall hoop. Every bad oh. air ball is going to end up in that damn canal. And you know as well as I do in the wintertime when the water's down, that's a seven-foot drop into about three and a half feet of water. Yeah. And so good news is I'll have a nice collection of basketballs when I go out fishing in the Lake Zurich. But it's there like, you go. Who, who, who approved this? Why wouldn't you think to flip-flop the, the layout? Well, that's, that's people that sit in an office all day who don't actually go out and survey the land and, and come up with a plan. But I feel dumb because I drove past this thing and I've been staring at it like, this is nice. And this is nice. And Carrie's like, that's dumb. And I can't believe that I missed out on the dumb observation of the fact that <laughs> every goddamn basketball is going to go into that canal. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, city, city council or city planning or, you know, whoever does, you know, all of the the beautification product projects and all that. I, I don't think they really have any idea what they're really doing. This is the same people who approved putting brand new Royal palms down the center of Del Prado after they put in the brick mediums in the poorly thought out, poorly laid out sprinkler system. So that the very next summer when all the trees died, what did they do? Pulled them out and planted new ones mm-hmm. instead of going with maybe a succulent. <laughs> Let's spend a couple <laughs> million dollars on more palm trees that are going to die. It's just, it's crazy. That's yeah, your city money going to the work. Hey, you know, we got to put in the palm trees, but who needs street lamps and sidewalks for the kids? Oh, that's yeah. a different, that's a different levy. This is the beautification. You're talking about transportation there. Well, maybe you should shuffle some money around, but you know what I'm saying? And that reminds me, actually, I was, when I was a kid, I did have a bike path, but I went to Trafalgar Middle School. Watch your mouth. And, and, uh, I went, uh, across Chiquita on my bike I lived less than two miles away, so I couldn't ride the bus or anything like that. That was a thing, you know, back then. And I don't know if it still is a thing now, but if you lived more than two miles away, you could take the bus. If you lived under two miles, your parents either had to take you or you had to walk or you had to ride a bike or something like that. So I rode a bike across Chiquita this one particular day, car coming right towards me on one of the side streets. Looks, Guy looks right at me looked right at me and proceeds to stop about this far away from my pedal. Yep. Your yeah. pedal and, that, and that your just puddle. just to show you how, how, <laughs> how much people pay attention. Because you and, produced you know, the I'm, puddle as you almost hit your pedal. Exactly. Oh, oh I, I was pissed. I kicked his car. Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You know, Gordon wanted to talk about a topic tonight, and I had a perfect experience at the gym tonight that would go well this topic, and I should save it for next week, but there's a good chance he'll forget and he'll have something else to talk about. And so I'll go ahead and talk about mine tonight, and may, we'll do it as a precursor for if he brings up his next week. And that is the ever-growing sense of entitlement at the gym. Now, I don't want to step on his topics, but I will bring up the one that I face tonight, which is even more, not even entitlement. This is just plain fucking rude. And what's rude about it is this is actually an employee of Crunch Fitness Cape Coral. That's right. I'm calling you out. Crunch Fitness Cape Coral. Now, I usually go to Crunch Fitness Cape Coral around 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night when it's less busy. I have full run of the place. It's still busy, but less busy. 
But because Carrie's knee is still effed up and she still can barely walk and she's still going to physical therapy, and her physical therapist is about two and a half blocks from my gym, instead of me sitting in the lobby of her physical therapist for an hour getting fatter, I drive the block and a half down to my Crunch Fitness and get less fat by working out. Now, the place is super busy and it's packed. And so I'm aware of this and I am very conscious of this. I try to maintain a small footprint when I'm doing free weights. I'll find a corner to work out in, get real small, real tiny, you know, and uh, or maybe I'll go sit on and, and utilize a, a bench chair and do everything there. And I, I, I really try to stay out of people's way. Now, during this time of day, they have their crossfit style not full-blown crossfit but they got a nice area that has a 40 45 rung monkey bar they got the squat we can squat and throw the medicine balls at the targets they got the rope pull downs they got the sledge you can push which is honestly the reason i went to crunch fitness i had been going to planet fitness for years but the fact that i have a we'll just call it a peloton because it it's a mixed fitness but no one knows the hell that is it's a it's a it's a peloton style bike so i can do that at home i still run occasionally my ankles not acting up I have my 40-pound sandbag, my 70-pound bucket, my weighted vest. So I do all my Savage Race and OCR fitness. And so I decided I was transitioned from Planet Fitness to Crunch because I wanted access to the monkey bars because I need to practice that for the OCR and the sleds and the more... Basically, the gym at Crunch was more conducive to my style of working out. Planet Fitness is great for weight loss and cardio. They got plenty of equipment, but they only have two of every... Um, Free weight, which kind of leads in what Gordon's going to talk about next week, but I've seen issues at playing the fitness where you'll have two chicks go and they'll grab the both the 20s, both the 25s. And so, like, there's no 20s or 25s because you have two people take four or five weights because even though we're at the gym, they seem to be too lazy to put the weights back and grab a different. So they grab them all at yeah. one time. I'll say that for Gordon next week. But so. I was at Crunch tonight and doing my things, and one of the I do a lot of fireman carries, and that's where you get a heavy. I don't know if you're in the army, you just grab two fifty cal ammo cans underneath arm and shrug and walk at shit and walk, walk, walk. It's <laughs> basically a fireman carry. So because they're so busy, the way Crunch Fitness is laid out, just think of a, a square, and you have equipment row, equipment row, equipment row, equipment mirror bathrooms. And so that back row is about 60 to 70 yards long. It's a pretty good run. And you got equipment going up both sides. And so you got people loading equipment here and people, but you still have this two-lane thoroughfare, if you will. And so I put my bag over my shoulder because I don't want to leave Lorraine alone. I got a 20-kilo um, medicine, not medicine ball. What's the medicine ball with the handle on it? The uh, Anyhow, it's it's a steel ball to handle on it. I don't forget. remember what it's called. <laughs> um, anyhow, I got one kettlebell. In, kettlebell. I have what's up, Morgan Long OG five checking, and I got a twenty kilo kettlebell in each hand, and I'm fireman carrying. And there's a, a young man, who's probably 21, 23, has his trainer Crunch Fitness shirt on, as they do, and usually the trainers are training people. And this young man, he's standing in the middle of what we're going to call the thoroughfare, and he's talking to a young lady. He's not training her; they're just having a good conversation. She's leaning up against a piece of equipment. And there's another piece of equipment, and there's a gap in between the two equipment, which is being occupied by no one. He's standing out in the left to center of the thoroughfare, if you will. So if this was a two-lane road and there's a yellow line, he was a little over the yellow line in the middle of the road. Now, on the right-hand side of the road, but you got people putting, getting, you know, they're walking out into the road because they're, they're working out, doing as they're supposed to be doing. So I come down, and I got my, 
doing this whole thing. He looks at me. I look at him. He looks at me. I look at him and he refuses to move. So I got to turn like this and shimmy past him. And I walk 20 yards and I stop, put him down, turn around. He could easily. Now keep in mind, he's an employee. He's a trainer. Hypothetically, he is all about people getting fit, training. He's supposed to be thrilled for other people. He looked at me and he stood his ground like, fuck you. I am not moving. Once again, he's not training anybody. He wasn't spotting anybody. He was having a conversation. He could have easily took three steps, got him between two piece of equipment, opened up that left lane for the guy carrying the two 20-pound kettlebells, but no. So I turned around, picked him back up, walk. He looked at me. I looked at him. He looked at me and said, fuck you. Once again, has a trainer shirt on, cross fitting the shirt, stood his ground. Like the old George Carlin bit where he said he had a shirt on that said, lead, follow, or get out of the way. Well, he obstructed. And so That's once again, I'm the guy with the weight, and I had to rotate my body, risking injury to squeeze between him and the people loading equipment. I did three reps, thus passing him six times. And all six times, he looked at me and said, fuck you, I ain't moving. And I'm thinking, this guy works here. Not yeah. only does he work here, he's uh, supposed to be. A, and and so I finished my workout. I went up line, and I wasn't going to be a Karen or anything. Make scene. I just I wanted to ask the question because I'm truly curious. A, is this guy a full-time employee or are they a consultant? Maybe they train and they, you know, split the money with <clears throat> whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I'm speculating he's a full-time employee, which brings my next question. Do the people wearing a train shirt, are they actually trainers? who are certified, who want to be trainers, or are they employees who are basically said, tonight you're training because we already have two people working the counter and one guy cleaning the locker rooms. It was almost like he was put in that position. He didn't want, once again, he wasn't training, but he was just standing there talking to this chick. But yeah. even still, you were, I don't care if you're a fucking public. So somebody's walking down the aisle carrying two cases of beer, you kind of step back so they can go through. You don't it's, make, it's common. It's common courtesy. Not for this young man. You said he was in like his 20s or something like that? He was in his 20s and looked like the type of guy who wasn't going to move from any old white person regardless of what they're doing. Well, see, like, that's he was the standing problem, his though. ground. That's the problem, though. It's like, you know, and unfortunately, it's the generation that I come from. But no, nah, he was he's 10 years younger than you. What's that? He's 10 years younger than you. All right. So he's of the so generation the, that are dumb enough to call Gen X's boomers. Right. Even right. though his his contemporaries dress like boomers did in the 70s like my father would have when he was in his late 20s early 30s yeah that's the irony behind he's, that he's a part of that that generation that has that sense of entitlement you know like like my generation does that you know has that too mm -hmm. you know unfortunately but it's like it's it's one of those things where they didn't get smacked upside the head enough times as a kid yeah to be like you know hey get the fuck out of the way i told gordon before hey. this happened i said you know next time i go to the gym and i see the cat sitting there with the 20, the 25, the 30s, and the 15s. Now, luckily, Crunch Fitness has like three or four of every set instead of yeah. two, like Planet Fitness. So there's plenty to go around. But I told him the next time I see that, I was going to get the front desk. Like, how much do I pay for the fuck you, I own this place pass? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me? Like, well, I see a gentleman out there who has claimed, state claimed to six different barbells and a, a bench. I figured he has the fuck you, I own this place pass, and I would like to have the same ability to hog all the weights that I want because yeah. the hell with everybody else, even though I'm here to work out, heaven forbid I actually get up and move weights around and then come back and sit down. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's gotten worse and worse. But it's one thing to see, you know, a high school kid who's there with his buddies and they're just stuck in their own ass. 
once again, when you're an employee and you're supposed to be a trainer, the, and and to just stand your ground, you're supposed it's to. It's not have like I had a Trump and... shirt on or something like that, yeah. <laughs> or like a, yeah. a fuck Joe Biden. Shirt. I'm just the, I'm just a guy in a t-shirt and a hat with a, a cast king pond hopper bag slung over my shoulder, <laughs> carrying two twenty pound kettlebells, trying not to, you know, leave a footprint. The place is packed. Why would I want to leave my crap? sitting somewhere where someone might think I'm using a piece of equipment. It's just, but it's he, just, he was, he was uh, standing there t- uh, talking to some chick, right? Yeah. But he, like I said, he looked right at me. He, we made eye contact. He that, knew why I was going that Trump's all that's the big fuck you for them kids. And, and <laughs> I got to give him some credit. At least he had the social interaction skills, actually talking to a girl outside the, the, uh, the, uh, the digital device. But, uh, yeah. Like, oh. But at the same time, you're an older white male. Yeah, who's walking through and cramping his fucking style? Yeah, and the white the white beard and the white hair makes me probably look closer to sixty than it does forty four. <laughs> but speaking oh, of speaking of stupid people who aren't with it, and I don't know if you saw this story, uh, Morgan Long. I'm not going to read the headline yet because it gives away the story. I'm going to read the story and then give you the headline from Wink News out of Buckingham, Florida. Uh oh. A man landed on the radar of the Lee County Sheriff's Office after taking photos in front of a Buckingham home the other day. I left the end of that sentence off, too, because I didn't want to give it away. It recently happened to this gentleman who was doing something. Okay, I'll read the story as it is. A man landed on the radar after Lee County Sheriff's Office after he was taking a photo in front of a Buckingham home for his job. It recently happened to a DoorDash driver who was dropping off an order. After the investigation, his name was cleared, but the damages were already done. The photo of the man caused a frenzy throughout Southwest Florida on social media. <laughs> Quote, I felt rightfully scared for my house, but something had to happen or was about to. But something had been happening or was about to, said Stacy Bloomer, a woman who posted the man's photo all over social media. Bloomer said she thought she Bloomer said she thought Bloomer said she thought her Buckingham home was in danger. That's the wine speaking quote. There are real estate scams out there and it happens all the time. I see it on the news all the time, too. And that's what I was truly afraid of. And I wanted to never. So I and I wanted to. And I wanted to. I never said. It's like they left out a sentence. It should have said, <laughs> although I wanted to. It says, and, and I'm reading this verbatim, and I wanted to, I never said creeper. It, it sounds like it should have said, though I wanted to, I never said creeper. I said that there was a stranger on my house, and I wanted to know why, said Bloomer. Bloomer also did what any Karen would do. She called Lee County Sheriff's Office, and the deputies began to investigate. Quote, on my community page, I said, who is this? Put this picture. Does anyone know who this is? He was wandering around my property, and my family is nervous. Do you know who this is? Please help me. Identify him. The post took on a life of its own. People called him a creeper, a stalker, and said he should go to jail. Oh, no. Quote, If he wanted to make claims of damages for his reputation as a result of this, he could, said Jonathan Martin, an attorney, 
deputies determined the man was a DoorDash delivery driver who pulled up on his motorcycle to drop off fish food that the family had ordered from Petco. <laughs> the Lee County Sheriff's Office said in a statement, our detectives spent countless hours investigating the case. Upon completion of the investigation, we determined the crime was not committed. For those of you who don't know, if you, anytime you order, whether it's through DoorDash, Uber Eats, fat kid on a bike, anytime you order a delivery service and they drop the food off, they have to take a picture and they put it in the app. And so it says your food has been delivered and you can see exactly where they put it, whether it's behind your flower pot, on top of your concrete goose, behind the UPS package. They t- So this woman orders it fish shows, food. It shows proof and, and keeps everybody honest. This, this dumbass ordered fish food through DoorDash on Petco. The poor bastard delivers it. Takes a picture. She takes a picture of him taking a picture and posts it all over Facebook. And people calling him a creep or a perv, a stalker, and a downright ne'er do well. Bloomer says, "Downright in, nincompoop." Bloomer says, in her defense, she never seen a DoorDash driver deliver fish food on a motorcycle. <laughs> well, how much fish food did you order? I used to have aquariums, and correct me if I'm wrong, the normal container of fish food is smaller than a small container of Parmesan cheese, which probably fit in the fucking guy's pocket. Yeah. Well, he was wearing a t-shirt and had a tequila logo on it with his baseball cap and khaki shorts. Well, the last time I checked, DoorDash does not offer a uniform. My first question, who the fuck orders fish food on DoorDash? Someone too lazy to drive down to Petco. Someone who lives in Buckingham. Don't get me wrong. I'm lazy. Buckingham is. I but, will say Buckingham is a bit of a drive from the local Costco, Petco. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that. But, I mean, fish food? Hey, when 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 your goldfish is hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you got to handle that. <laughs> Martin said, in his opinion, what the man in the photo is wearing doesn't make any difference. If he wanted to sue anyone on social media, he believed he he has been defamed and he could because of social media. Many people said he was a peeping Tom. So this poor bastard's out there trying to make a buck and delivering fish food. What's the delivery charge on a $2 bottle of fish food? Probably like eight bucks. (laughs) Do you think he got a tip too? Probably not. Plus a tip. Yeah. Like $2.99 for a tip. That one time we were out on Lake Zurich, the backside, there was that empty lot. I was going to go on Uber Eats and have them deliver food there, but it it came out to, <laughs> for one order of five guys, burgers and fries, plus delivery fee and tip, it was going to be like a $25 fucking combo, to which I said yeah. nay. It's expensive. Not only are you ordering from five guys, that's expensive to begin with, but having it door dashed, Jesus. You're a millennial. Are you inflation weary? <laughs> no. I don't like be, to be categorized with those people. <laughs> well, are you an inflation-weary millennial? Have you cut the cord um, yet, or do you still have your cable? Uh, I don't. I don't. I can honestly say, in my own home, I've never had cable. Do you have Netflix? Yes. But see, here's the new one: cutting the cable and getting rid of satellite and Comcast has been a thing for a while. Yeah. But they've gone even further. And according to the New York Post, inflation-weary millennials are canceling Netflix for mass reruns on an antenna. Really? Tim Connor might be the last person to expect to exploit the virtues of a show like MASH. The 31-year-old insurance broker from Chattanooga, Tennessee, wasn't even born when the history-making sitcom hung up its fatigues in 1983. But after swapping his expensive streaming habit, 
He and his wife, Nicole, were paying up to $100 per month for Netflix, Hulu, and the like. We've often said on this show that uh, you hear people disconnecting to save money, but once you pay $20 for Netflix, $9 a month for Disney, $9 a month for Hulu, $9 a month for uh, Amazon, blah, 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 blah. It's all about you the You might same. as well have kept it. Yep. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, for an electronic antenna purchased at Amazon for less than $28, Cannon said on a CBS classic of his new favorite binge-worthy watch, which kind of makes sense. If you're a young cat, there's a whole... I mean, God, there's 40 years of television. As long as as long as long you can wrap your mind around square pictures. There's nothing yeah. worse than watching a square picture on your widescreen TV. Well, and that's that's interesting, too, that they're still putting, you know, TV out over the airwaves. Yes, but it's all digitized. It is, yep. yeah. Funny thing is, when I worked at the radio station, the tower at the radio station was our backup uh, tower. The main tower is off of somewhere else, and that tower above the radio station was being rented out by Verizon and a uh, Univision. And so back in the main room, they actually had a TV rack showing them broadcasting uh, Univision <laughs> throughout southwest Florida. <laughs> so you can go back and see what was on. We weren't using the streaming service enough. And we had a real problem picking what we wanted to watch. I call that Netflix purgatory. I spend more time scrolling through the goddamn queues than actually watching TV. Yep. Said Cannon. Why not? I thought, why not just cut cable and try this antenna thing? Which, um, here in a podcast studio, I have an on TV out in my garage. I have an on TV, and it has Roku TV, which streams live, and it also has on demand stuff. I fuck Fury was on there the other day. I mean, there's Hell on Wheels is on there. There's all kinds of stuff on Roku TV. Amidst the world's amidst the worst inflation in their lifetimes, millennials and Gen Zers are turning to something strange and exotic: free TV. The Consumer Technology Association reports that 8.5 million digital antennas, small, sleek black boxes that are far from discreet than rabbit ears of yore, were sold in 2021. According to Richard Schindler, CEO of Antennas Direct, antennas are one of the fastest growing categories in consumer electronics in 2022, largely driven by inflation. Carrie and I said every time we go flip through the Netflix, like, why are we paying for this? Because I'm lazy, because technically I get free Netflix through my T-Mobile, but it's attached to my dad's account, and i got to call and figure out the username and password is. <laughs> so I can save that $20 a month. Maybe I'll add that to my list of things to do this week. But that's the thing. Like, when you have streaming services, like, you share your, your email and password. Oh, they're cracking down on that shit. And shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they said, and that's I think that's part of it, is people are like, fuck that, we don't want to deal with that anymore. We're hearing directly from consumers that they're having to either choose to pay for groceries or pay for six streaming services, which is tragic, Schindler told The Post. People are often surprised by, that their antenna can get to 50 to 150 digital channels without buffering, which makes it a no-brainer for those looking to save money. Here's something else you can also do. I did this video during Hurricane Katrina. No. What was the Irma? Um, if you you can do this with a paperclip, but it works better with a coax cable or a Ethernet cable. Get yourself like a three-foot Ethernet cable, cut the end off of it, pick one of those six colors, it don't matter which one, strip the insulation off that, stick that in the antenna TV on the back of your TV, and you will pick up probably 10 to 15 local channels without paying for the $28 antenna more than 40 million american households that's or one in three currently use an antenna according to the cta which is more than 50 million expected by 2025 a sizable chunk of an estimated 127 million households 
Still, there are many more potential antenna uses out there, particularly among the younger set, Schindler noted. A significant percentage of the population is still unaware of the over-the-air digital TV even exists. To that end, Cincinnati-based EW Scripps Company, which is, owns more than 60 television stations around the country, is spending $20 million on a campaign to educate viewers, particularly younger ones, about the benefits of retro technology. Be a hipster, go retro. <laughs> the company has built a new website where users can simply input their zip code to see how many channels they could be accessing right now. That's right, right now. There's a generation that just never was around with broadcast television. This concept of the ability to just get a free TV is so new and novel to them because they are so used to streaming services, said Amanda Brown, Vice President of Consumer Strategies Insights for EP Scripts. The cost saving and the ability to get big four networks and get some of the entertainment programming that the other free that others for free is really interesting. They'll do the math and say, I'm spending sixty to eighty dollars a month streaming. So it's a concept for cutting back or going hundred percent over the air is appealing. And before too long, people will discover that there are services online that are legally, legally free. That's just like my Vizio TV. No, well, there's some that will actually what they do is like, you know how these streaming services will have like trial equivalents? Yeah, yeah. So you can watch Better Call Saul and Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. This service actually scours the internet, intercepts those. Basically, it it links you right to those free viewing. So you can watch the up-to-date programs that are free during the trial periods. And it's completely free because it's not downloaded illegally. It's not bootleg. It's basically a free service you can put on your fire stick and all that stuff that locates the free trial services so you can get all the, the cool shit for free. Talk about a loophole. But no, I do that out in my garage. I'll turn on Roku TV. Um, Fluffy has a cool show. It's kind of like a fat version of Anthony Bourdain where he goes around uh, the country and when he's on a stand-up tour and him and his friends will stop and try different foods and do these little quirky things. It's a pretty good show. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of cool free shit on Roku TV. Oh, yeah, that, that's like when I bought my my Vizio. I mean, I have a button on my remote that just says watch free TV. You hit that button, you get like 50 channels that, that you know, they don't charge you for. Yeah, you the uh, TV, I have the Roku, I got the on brand from Walmart. I think yeah. you can get like a 65 inch for 300 bucks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but that's part of the, I have a quandary. We, have, we live in a disposable society and I, and I, one of those people who try not to participate in the disposable society, but they make it so hard. Cool. Good news. Um, on 4th of July, I threw my GoPro Hero 7 Black into my boss's pool for my daughter to play with, unrealizing that the gasket on my USB port was cracked and it let water in and burnt out the rear display. You can't control what it does, but if you get lucky and turn it on while it's on record mode, it will record until it changes to picture mode. And so I have been trying to bid on auctions for new old stock used GoPro Hero 7 Blacks on eBay for about $120, $145, but I keep losing. And I just cannot bring myself to spend a shit ton of money on a camera right now. Being an old computer repair guy, I got the thing that says, there's got to be somebody out there who's offering flat rate GoPro repairs on GoPros. And I found one here in Florida. Went to the website and said, what's wrong with GoPro? I said... 4th of July plus pool plus bad USB seal equals, and I explained what was wrong with my camera, and they came back and said, $109, includes shipping and OEM parts. 
okay, well, great. I can get my camera fixed cheaper than buying a, someone else's camera used on eBay. Mm-hmm. And it's one less piece of electronic to end up over in that small country in Eastern Asia somewhere where this poor bastard's entire community is full of electronics that they smelt just to get gold out of, and it's quite sad. Mm-hmm. So that problem solved. The other problem I have Standing. is my weed eater it won't run. I'm not a two-cycle mechanic, but I know a little thing or two. I do watch cars and cameras on YouTube, and if those guys can rebuild go-karts from 1963, then by area I can fix my (laughs) eight-year-old weed eater. So I do my carburetor part, and it's all clean, and I think it's my fuel line. Now, for those who don't know, weed eaters do not have a fuel pump. They basically use the vacuum from the carburetor to push down into the gas tank and then push gas in, and I think I got a leak somewhere. Anyhow, even when I press the prime button, it does not get fuel. And I've been, I've even replaced the prime button and it still don't get fuel. So I got to thinking, well, I could probably take this thing over to a weed eater store and pay seventy to eighty dollars, which is going right for labor on anything, whether it's computer repair, oil change, what have you, mm-hmm. and get this thing fixed. Probably have to do that. Or so, so I went to Lowe's the other day, <laughs> shopping for something else. <laughs> and I'm sure it was a Labor Day weekend holiday, and I'm sure that they won't have the sale when my next paycheck comes through. But for $150, I can get a brand new Craftsman weed eater plus a free attachment to do my curbing. So now the question is, do I want to participate or do I want to defy the throwaway civilization we live in and pay $120 plus parts for getting my 10-year-old weed eater fixed? Or do I want to get a brand new one with an attachment for $150? It's like, what do you do? Then I got the thing. I want to get the new weed eater. Then I can take the motor off the old one, save it, build a go kart, put a fuel pump on it, and use that for <laughs> maybe make it one of those. Uh, make a, one of those. Like, have you seen like those uh, coolers people turn into go karts or whatever? Yeah. Make one of those. All I got to do is put a fuel pump on it. And problem solved. That'd be bad. Be get some good YouTube content. Oh uh-huh, yeah. It beats a hundred and beats two hundred dollars for a uh, Tillman. 220. Of course, this thing probably has 10 horses in it, but you know, it'll be fun. Cooler, put some fishing pole holders on it, go see wall fishing. (laughs) No, what you do is you go around and you find some kid's power wheel that their parents threw away, and you take that some bitch out and you put that, put that weed eater motor in there. Haul ass. That's the type of shit we used to dream about when we were kids. Yep. So I'm drinking wine tonight. Yes, sir. I'm drinking. 19 Crimes, which has got a creepy photo of a dude's mugshot from the 1900s and his face is all scratched out and you can't see it because of the light. Did you know, with 19 Crimes wine, mm-hmm. there's an app out there yeah, that and actually ma- brings it to life. Yeah, it makes it tells their story. Yep. <sighs> I always thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. But some wine's in bad taste. No, I don't mean the taste of the wine. I mean the taste of the bottle. <laughs> Perfect example. This Italian douchebag, Hitler-themed wine, <laughs> defends as a nice joke by Italian winemaker. Oh, shit. An Italian winemaker defends his quote-unquote historical line of bottles that feature controversial figures including Adolf Hitler on its labels. To be fair to him, he also has Himmler and Mussolini and other douchebags. The patriarch of Vinny Luden, blah, 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 super Italian guy, winery in northeastern Italy, has previously insisted that his collection is not meant to deliver a 
political message, according to Vice News. But the brand heir apparent, Andrea, super Italian chick that I can't pronounce, plans to discontinue the line by early next year. When he, whoops, my bad, figure with a name like Andrea, but hey, it's 2022 and we can't assume. When he takes over his father's Vinny, takes over from his father Vinny because he's reportedly fed up with the undue controversy the bottles have caused, the problematic line has been in production since 1995 and also features dictators like Francis uh, Franco, Joseph Stalin, and can be found in 50 stores across Italy as well as on the winery's website where people can customize quote-unquote collective bottles, other Nazi leaders, and slogans including blunt but er, uh, blood of honor, so brut und er in Germany, or ein Volk, ein Reich, ein Führer, one people, one realm, one leader. Unfortunately, the most requested label in the historic line is Hitler, especially by Germans, which is crazy because anything over there representing Nazi is completely fucking illegal, but also by many British, Nordic, French, and Russians, the Italians told Vice, but no Italians want Hitler. Nevertheless, he continued to fend the bottles in his statement, quote, whoever buys the Hitler wine is a collector or remembers history and wants to naturally or wants naturalism against the current policies of multinaturalism, not against Jews. Sure, whatever. Because Hitler is a because Hitler was a teetotaler, we can even say that the alcohol in Hitler is a nice joke. He added, but anyhow, yeah, this this since 1995, these guys have been putting out wine bottles with Mussolini and Hitler and Stalin and everybody else, and they're finally. Someone finally uh, wised up over there, and they're shutting that shit down. That's ballsy. Yeah, that's really, really ballsy to yeah. put out something like that, especially, especially, especially from Europe. Italy. Not even Europe. Italy. For those of you who don't know your history, Italy was a member of the Axis of Evil. Mm-hmm. It was Germany, Japan, Italy, and a few um, no, no, non-noteworthy countries amongst them. But yeah, it's it's a dumb ballsy move. You got anything on your list of shit, Mike? Oh, let's see. I have uh one story and I have one top fishing story. Ooh, let's do that one. The fishing story? Sure. All right. This comes out of a magazine. Ooh. When's the last time you got one of those? I used to get gun magazines. But nowadays they're all just you're basically paying fifteen dollars for three articles and a bunch of advertising. Exactly, which is pretty much all this has come down to. Yeah. Um, tip top water. Excuse me. Tip top top water. Uh, whether you fish for bass in a reservoir or bluefish in a bay, few things are more exciting than watching fish explode on a top water lure. These top Why does it have to be a tongue twister? Up your game. Now. Mastering the walk of the dog technique. Have you can't tried do that it? Yet? Nope, can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> I think you need a. I think you need a um, a twitch reel for that. A rod for that. Well, it's it's doable. Um, you definitely have to have a fast action rod, but uh, I, I've done it a few times with a, a medium heavy, and you know, I mean, it's it's tough. You got to get into a good rhythm. But that's what she said. Uh, that is the first one on their list. Uh, for those of you that would like to know, this is the Boat US magazine. Master the walk the dog. 
which most topwater lures that come to a cone or point, as opposed to being concave in the front, are designed for cast out and hold your tip low, then rhythmically pump it a foot or so at a time as you crank on the reel. It's basically making a zigzag Mm -hmm. back and forth for those that don't know. Uh, That's number one. Number two, try chuggers or poppers when it's rough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Virtually all topwater lures have internal rattles to help call in the fish and in the quiet of the of a slick calm adding in the loud chugs and burps make made by lures with concave head can actually create enough commotion to spook the fish. Popping takes some technique too. That's not super easy, but it's more to me. It's easier than walking the dog though. Yeah. Yeah. I think just about anybody can, can figure out how to pop before they can walk the dog. Even some professional anglers I've heard have had trouble walking the dog. Uh, next page. Vary your retrieve speed and cadence. Now, this a is a big thing. Whenever I'm using a top water on TikTok, mm-hmm. you're going too fast. You need to stop. Don't stop. Constant retrieve. Blah, 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 blah. Now, I have caught fish on the pause. I've caught them on mm-hmm. the retrieve. This one is... I think there's no right answer for this. I think it's strictly on the weather, the conditions and what the fish are wanting. Well, absolutely. And and just like they they specify here, vary your retrieve speed and cadence. It doesn't matter, you know, fishing comes down to, to basically this. When you're using artificial lures, pop that thing any which way you want. Pop if it you like get a hard. style or a cadence or something like that that works, use it. I think it may the, not work tomorrow. I think the most important thing about changing it is after a while, after you get about 3,000 casts in in one day, Mm-hmm. especially if you're doing other things like a TikTok live or talking for, you will find after a while you're just going through the motions. You're not even fucking paying attention. Yeah. And so I think by changing the cadence and keeping an eye and a firm grasp on what you're doing will help you actually focus on what you're doing instead of just casting for the sake of casting. Cause that five and a half pounder I caught, I threw that top water, that Guggen revolver, it landed right by the bank. I paused third, third revolution. He boom, nailed it. I've had them where I've reeled, 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 and I've stopped, say GoPro, stop recording, and then boom, they hit it on the stop. So yeah. it, I, I've I've caught fish on top water on all forms of retrieves. There's definitely mm-hmm. no right or wrong answer. It just depends on what the fish are doing that day. Yeah, and I mean, just in general, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to fishing. I mean, you know, you... you I throw You're retrieving too fast. Yeah, fuck that. Let throw me do frog. what I want to do. <laughs> You know, these guys are out here. They think that they're, you know, Kevin Van Dam. Not even the guys out there. It's the guys sitting on the couch watching you on TikTok. They think you have an entire Bass Pro on the back. You're throw of this, throw of that, throw this color. It's like, dude, I only I got two tackle bags. I only have about forty eight lures. I don't have that one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they say it's uh it's all too easy to fall into a rut making cast after cast and start retrieving your lure by rote. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't let this happen. The fish can change their preferences from week to week, day to day, even from hour to hour. So change speed and cadence of your retrieve constantly until strikes start coming. Number four on the list. Swap your lures, treble hooks for singles. Hmm? Have you ever heard of that? No. Why? Why? Especially when you catch and release, when you're catch and release fishing. I'm sure that's what they meant to say. Yeah, it does scar the shit out of them. Yeah. Sure, you may miss a few hookups, but those 
trebles often do serious damage mm-hmm. to the fish. I have scarred some stomachs. Mm-hmm. So most often experienced, excuse me, so most experienced anglers who are conscious conscious about the state of our fisheries do away with them. Plus, it's all too easy to get trouble stuck in a human body part. That's the trouble with the trouble hook, especially when you yeah, have them on it. your back reel. I've got them snagged on my shirt. But that's that's one of the things I like about topwaters. It's it's the trouble hooks. But you know, I have seen them where they'll hit that front hook. And that second, like on the video I just posted. Uh, by the way, I caught a six-pound bass this weekend on a uh, bruco worm. Congratulations. And you'll see one of the small fish is bleeding profusely because it hit on a top water. It hit the front hook and the rear hook got it in the gill. And so, yes, it does. It can create some damage. I've seen them, too, where the sticks in their stomach pretty bad. But I don't know. I just can't bring myself to. Well, and, and before anybody out there comes in and says, oh, well, you're hurting the fish and you're doing this and you're doing that. Explain to them, D-Train, what you know, you've said it multiple times in the past about, you know, what they're eating out there. Before I became an avid fisherman, I could understand people's concerns about hooks and pain and this and that. And even after I caught a few fish, I could still think. But after you have handled a fish or five, after you've been stabbed by a dorsal fin or six, you realize that fish, unless they're grass carp, their 98% of their diet consists of other fish or other animals. And for one, every one or three pronged medical surgical grade steel trouble hook or hook you put in their mouth that is made up completely of cartilage is a damn sight nicer than when they consume another fish and have eight to 15 spikes on their back plus on their side. Every meal they consume is like eating a mouthful of needles. Yep. Every every meal they have, and that's not counting the claws on the iguanas they eat. <laughs> yep. Um, rabbits, ducks, fish eat anything they can fit in their mouth. Yeah, they actually make lures that are like baby birds and uh, all, you know all different kinds of weird stuff. Mice. And so, PETA people say, "Well, don't it hurt when you stick your finger in your hook?" Yeah, but my finger's not made of like. 87%, 98%, 110% cartilage. That's what their mm-hmm. mouth is made up of. It would be like the equivalent of you sticking a fish hook into your thumb. I'm not your thumb, but the top of your fingernail. They don't feel it. Yeah. And there's actually been video where they will take a bass and put it in a live well and monitor it and see how it behaves. And then they put a bass with a hook in its mouth in the live well, and it does not behave any other way. It doesn't show it has any more or any less anxiety or shock than a, a fish with a hook in it. Now, it, it could be different if you're getting a trouble hook in your stomach, but still, I mean. That's that's not as likely for something like that to happen. Yeah. I think those kinds of cases are, are a lot more rare. You look at that, you, when you watch that video of me with that six-pound bass, there's a picture of it, and you'll see its tail. Half of its tail's missing where something took a chunk out of it. Something at a point in that thing's life took a chunk out of its tail. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a rough and tumble life out there. Yep. Speaking of rough and tumble, mm-hmm. can we say from this day forth, if you're still wearing a mask, it is not a mask, unless you are a dentist office, a doctor's office, using a saw or blowing insulation, 
What you have on is not a mask. It is a pacifier. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you're a baby like a binky. No, a binky is called a pacifier because a pacifier is something that pacifies someone or something to prevent anxiety and or the feeling of separation. That's why a binky is called a pacifier because it pacifies a child. Chances are, if you take these people who are still wearing masks, they would love to have worn a mask long before COVID ever happened because they like to hide behind the fucking thing. And it is a, it is simply at this point, it is a pacifier. You're pacifying mm-hmm. something. It makes you feel better. Maybe you have social anxiety or whatever. So can we just call them what they are? The pacifiers, nothing more, nothing less. The thing that kills me about the mask is watching people driving down the road alone in their car. And once again, it has up. nothing to do with COVID. It's pacifying their exactly. insecurities. Exactly. Uh, I'll say the story about Mickey, um, Mickey Dolan suing the FBI. <laughs> From the monkeys. I'll say that for next week. <laughs> I want to play just a, a brief clip. You know, we have AOC and the and all these people trying to push the Green New Deal. You heard about Germany, how they decided to get rid of natural gas and go all electric and solar, only to find out that there's not electric and solar. Here's how bad it's getting. And this is why we need to take concern. And I wish I had a voice modulator so I could just disguise this person's voice because this person's voice will prevent people from listening if they're on the other side. But just forget who it is and just listen to what he's saying. Oh, might help if I unmute Google Chrome. One moment, please. I told you that. So the most advanced continent on the planet, the birthplace of Western civilization, our civilization, is getting much poorer very quickly. It's moving backward at high speed. Just a year ago, Europe was a modern place. For example, the overwhelming majority of Europeans heated their homes with natural gas, as modern people do. In Germany, the continent's richest country, only about 6% of households, most of them rural, heated with cordwood. And you'd expect that given that, again, Germany is a modern industrialized country with central heating and indoor plumbing and all the other trappings of a society that has moved beyond the medieval period. Last year, only about 6% of Germans used wood to heat their homes, but that has changed dramatically. Demand for firewood in Germany has risen so fast that there is none left to buy. You can't get it. So desperate Germans are now cutting their own wood, scouring the forests like their ancestors for sources of heat. Watch. Hold on. Cast King commercial. (laughs) One of the videos I watch. Germany are taking matters into their own hands with solutions that might look like a blast from the past. About two hours outside Berlin, residents of this small town have turned to wood chips for fuel. We have to be innovative, said the project's organizer. If we don't act and just rely on the government to solve the crisis, we'll never succeed. This burner will soon fuel most of this village of 60 people. So they call it biomass, but it's wood. They're burning wood, again, as they did during the feudal period. They're taking wood, chopping it down into basically sawdust and making those into blocks, kind of like that quick start you get for your campfires and using that to burn in their furnaces because there's not enough natural gas because of what Germany decided to do to go green. That's Germany. In Poland, families are standing in line for days to buy coal. Not in 1910, right now, tonight. 
Cars queued up outside They're coal mines a video. hoping for fuel. Quote, this is beyond imagination, one 57-year-old Polish man told Reuters. People are sleeping in their cars. I remember the communist times, but it didn't cross my mind that we could return to something even worse. Oh, but it's come. Something even worse has arrived. The French government has announced energy rationing this winter. Just the other day, France had so much energy that it exported it to other countries. It was a net exporter of energy. Now, there won't be enough heat in France for everyone in the country to stay warm. In the UK, 70% of restaurants are preparing to close, to go under. Why? Because when winter comes, they won't be able to afford to keep the heat and lights on, etc., etc. This is happening across Europe in every country. So the question is, why is it happening? And the answer is extremely simple. There's an energy shortage in Europe. Cheap energy is essential. It is the key to everything that a normal society strives for. Prosperity, safety, a longer life expectancy for its citizens. Everything depends on cheap energy. But Now, if you want to hear the rest of that story, just go on YouTube and Google Things Are Falling Apart Very Quickly by Tucker Carlson. Today... Actually, not today, for the last 18 years, because my parents lived in L.A. in 2001, and I lived there from 2000 to 2002, I will say I never experienced this while I was living there, but my parents did early on, and that is roaming brownouts. Even to this day, L.A. experiences roaming brownouts. That is when it's super hot like it is right now, and they don't have enough electricity to power the entire city because everyone's air conditioning that the city select, selects zip codes to go without power for 45 minutes at a time to rotate. So that would be like Naples, losing their power for 45 minutes. So they have enough electricity to power Cape Coral and Fort Myers. And then it would be Fort Myers' turn and Cape Coral's turn and then Lehigh's turn. L.A. County and Southern California has been doing that for years. Now keep in mind, L.A. just... Or California, the entire state, just passed a law that by 2035, you cannot buy a brand new internal combustion engine car. That by 2035 in the state of California, if you want a new car, it must be electric. Yet, they're forcing this plans, even though to this day, they don't have enough electricity to power the city when everybody has air conditionings on. And stop process like that. And when you have politicians and special interest groups work based off of feelings alone, which is why the Polish people are camping out for coal and Germans are chopping down trees to heat their towns because they're politicians who have money and live in high places and are never affected by policies, kind of like our politicians weren't affected by COVID policies when the governor of California was out at a $200 plate dinner, not wearing masks, even though they had the strictest mask policies. Even though Nancy Pelosi going on TV every night talking about needing to wear your mask was caught getting a haircut at a salon that was closed for COVID. And so just keep that in mind uh, come November when elections roll around because um, we haven't experienced it yet, but there is a food shortage coming. So just putting that out there. But now that the... Uh, now that that downer is over, Mike has an interesting story coming out of Southwest Florida. Let's get for that on this abbreviated version of uh, news and shit. Let me see if I can find the uh, here. We'll just do this news and shit, news and shit. Now, now here's Mike with some news and shit. And shit. <laughs>
Fourth victim of notorious Southwest Florida serial killer has been identified. May I say, as a Southwest Florida community spokesperson, this is the most underpublicized serial killer in history because I didn't know anything about it until the fourth victim was found. Never heard of it. Fort Myers, Florida. The Fort Myers Police Department confirms the identity of a victim tied to the infamous Hog Trail Killer case after his remains were found among eight men in 2007. Robert Ronald Bobby Soden was 31 years old the last time he was seen. I'm sorry, but if you're white and you call your son by all four names, well, first off, if he has four names, that's an indicator. But even still, if you refer to your son in first person by all three names, he will, in fact, become a serial killer or at least a dog mutilator at some point in his life. Just saying. <laughs> FMPD Cold Case Unit has been working with Parabon Nanolabs, a private DNA analysis company, to collect DNA from the remains and find a family tree to help identify the probable identity of the victim. Over the last few years, DNA information from the skeletons was submitted to the University of North Texas Center for Human Identification. Families that reported a missing family member submitted DNA samples for examination. Since the discovery, three other men were identified, Jonathan Tinhay, Jonathan Blevins, and Eric Kohler. Robert Bobby Soden is the fourth subject identified but the investigation will not stop until all eight of the victims are identified and their families are notified, says FMPD. Investigators believe Soden and the other victims found in the wooded area of East Fort Myers 15 years ago were victims of a serial killer that was an act that was active in the area during the time. Now, is there Dan- anywhere in the story that makes reference to him being a closeted homosexual? <laughs> no, all seriousness. I'm not 100% um, sure. Back before people were flying their rainbow flags and being pro-LGBT, which I'm all for, there were stories, and you would see it, especially if you're in 40s. Mm-hmm. Back before it was acceptable to be a gay man, especially a Christian gay man, you would hear all these stories about dudes getting caught in fields and parks and truck stops and gas you know, um, rest stops doing gay shit in the woods because they were either Christians or or uh, local politicians or, or just people who, for whatever reason, were too embarrassed to come out of the closet, and so they would go have these elusive gay hookups in the woods so that they can continue living on their double lives trying to pretend to be straight when they're not instead of just coming out and being happy and being gay. And the True fact that all... homosexuals. And it sounds like all eight of these victims were dudes... All of them were found in the woods. It's I just not only does this guy sound like a sociopath, but it sounds right for like one of these super evangelical Bible thumping I hate gays, but you know what they say thou thou who protest too much. It sounds to me like there's probably had something I bet the I bet at some point it turned out those victims were all openly homosexual or someone were closeted and this guy was not coming to grips with his sexuality and end up killing these poor guys. Yeah. Daniel Conahan, known as the hog trail killer, was identified as a person of interest during the ongoing investigation. Conahan is currently on death row in Florida for a murder he committed in Charlotte County in 1996. Good riddance. 
And as always, police are asking for any who may remember Bobby Soden to contact the FMPD cold case unit with any info. Yeah, I remember old Bobby. He's seen a little light in the loafers, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yep, that's my story. And he's sticking to it. And I'm sticking to it. And you can hear more of Mike's story. Head over to d-410.com. You can find all our podcasts or simply go to tackleyourpersonalbest.com and check out his podcast with him and his partner, Ron. And I'm on there occasionally. And um, if you want to do us all a favor, head over to d-410.com or whatsyourhead.com and click on the Patreon link and like and subscribe and sign up. It'll only cost you a dollar a month. Feel free to check out some of the links we have on our website, whether it's data backup for your computers, buying some fishing equipment, or if you're into fitness and working out, you can get yourself a nice polar heart rate monitor. And all of that will go to help us. We want to thank each and every one of you. Gordon will be back next week. I'm losing my voice. I got to get to bed. But I want to thank each and every one of you for your continued support. I want to thank Mike. And on behalf of Mike and myself, we will talk to you all next week. That's when it's supposed to say this has been a Digital 410 production. (laughs)